Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Insurance can be convoluted and needs change. So host David Pulsini went to someone who's been in the business since 2003. Mike Mancuso is an associate partner with Lawley Insurance. He knows the Rochester area market, where he has facilitated and implemented several strategic initiatives. His expertise in healthcare means he can deliver quality that is to the point. He's also a former business owner, which means he knows the value of cost-effective healthcare solutions. Thank you, Patrice. As we know, as part of any true financial plan, benefits are extremely important if, if you're an employee or an owner of a business. And as we've talked about, you should definitely be reviewing the benefits consistently. Our guest today is Mike Mancuso. He is a partner at Lolly Insurance. And Mike has been in the insurance business for 18 years and spent 15 of those years with Lolly Insurance. If you have not heard of Lolly, it is the fastest growing independent agency in our region. People might ask why, and that's because they deliver tangible results to their clients that other consultants either can't or just won't do. Self-insurance, captives, and pharmacy analysis are just a few of their specialties that have been revealing the true cost of insurance and driving down client insurance costs year over year. As we know, insurance is one of the biggest expenses for businesses, so I want to ask Mike a little bit about that and also relate it back to you, the individual employee, and how we can help with that. But before we get going with that, I just want to talk to Mike about what got him into the business. We'll let Mike take it from here, and Mike, just... Give us a brief intro on what what got you into insurance in the first place. Good morning, Dave. <laughs> good morning. And thanks, thanks for the intro. Very nice. That's yeah, a, a good question. You know, the insurance business. Um, I guess I never thought when I was a kid I would grow up and get into insurance. That was the kind of the last thing I ever thought about. I grew up kind of in the family business uh, with my grandfather and uncle, and I knew very little about insurance. I just knew that the insurance guy would come in once a year and give us a big binder of information that I really don't understand much about it. My grandfather would deal with it and complain about the insurance costs all the time. (laughs) And I worked with my, my family's business for, you know, probably 13 years from when I was a kid through college and then five years after college. And I thought to myself, you know, I really don't want to continue to travel down to Florida, which is where the business was located, you know, at two out of every six weeks. And I thought, you know, I want to get stay in sales, but do something locally. So I looked in the paper, believe it or not. Yes. The, the newspaper the newspaper, Mark, the newspaper and yeah, dating <laughs> myself. And uh, I saw an ad in the paper for a sales consultant at Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I thought, geez, I could do that. And I actually, I know the VP of sales and I called him up and I said, geez, I'm looking for a job. And he said, you're looking for a job, but you have a job. You own your own business with your family. Why, why would you want to work here? And I said, I, you know, I want to do something locally and you know, you're a good company and, Next day, went in for an interview. Long story short, got the job. I wasn't sure if I really wanted the job, but, <laughs> you know, I had to take a pay cut and um, got into a new world, which was, uh, which was insurance. It's kind of my same story that we talked about before is I, you, just, you just sometimes fall into a career. If, if you haven't heard this, it's I, I in financial planning because my wife told me they make a lot of money and they don't do anything. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> 
which I don't think is true now, but uh, when you're 21 years old, that sounds great, right? It sounds great, right? And it's funny when you, when you know this, when you start in a business like insurance or financial planning, your clients back then do not look like your clients today as you grow and evolve and work with the, you find your niche and you find the people that you want to work with that is a good fit for you and a good fit for them. What 18 years into this, what does your personal average client look like? That's a good question, Dave. I would say, you know, an average client, the 250 to a thousand employee type company, even though we go down, I'll go down to hundred employees, but you know, usually privately held businesses, you know, closely held businesses where I can go deal with the owner and deal with the CFO directly, have good conversations. Companies, industry isn't super important, but I happen to do a lot of business in the construction, manufacturing, distribution, food service. But the reality is really it's, it's the size, it's the culture, it's, you know, their thought process. What do they want to do? Do they want to be a proactive organization that is really involved in the process to try to control their, their costs, reduce their costs? Or are they more of, you know what, I just want to pay the premium every month. I don't want to deal with this. This is a hassle. And frankly, those types of clients aren't really good fit for us or a good fit for me, you know? So the ones that really want to get in the weeds and really understand what makes these insurance companies put proposals together and, and, and give them these increases and understand the increases. Those are the kind of companies that I enjoy working with. Mike, is there ever a decrease in cost of insurance? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. The reality is the cost of insurance may not decrease, but I have had many clients that have seen decreases in their health insurance expenditures and decreases in their business insurance year over year costs. So it's possible, you know, I know you don't hear about it very often, but some well-performing companies that really do some creative things on the financing side, on the risk management side, managing their employees' health, helping them to, to stay healthy. There really is some companies, I had one in particular, which many people in the area know, they've had decrease in their health insurance four years in a row. Wow. So it's possible. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, as a, as an individual employee, most people don't see costs go down. So they don't. Usually, usually, yeah. We, we advise clients, you know, look at, don't, don't take them down because it'll give employees a false sense of this is possible, you know, leave it flat. And then what you could do is you can save that money year over year. And then over time, if you have a really bad year, use some of that surplus and then offset employees future costs. So that way, you know, employees aren't going to see a huge increase, even though the organization is not running really well from a claims perspective. Those are some of the tricks that we try to do with, with larger employers. Yeah. Which is interesting because if I'm an individual employee and I hear that, I'm like, well, I want my cost to go down, but I don't think an individual employee at a business understands how much someone is spending on insurance basically to offer benefits. And it's huge. this is completely out of left field, but I have to ask you just because it fits in with what we're talking about right now. If you t- take a guess, a, a, a thousand employee business, wh- what are they spending on insurance? And in, in, just throw out a number. I think people are curious. I am at least. Yeah, they're, they're probably, they're probably spending, you know, depending on the industry, you know, eight to $10 million a year. And there you go. Eight to $10 million that is going toward employee benefits, which is, that is a lot of money. And the, the average employer, you know, will probably cover 65 to 70% of that cost, right? So if it's $10 million, they're covering 7 million of it. 
So the employer has a lot of risk on their hands covering the health insurance costs. Yeah. And well, and I hear you hear this, I I'm on the outside of what you do, but well, we saved 2% this year. We save those are huge numbers. That's right. Two, three, 5% on $10 million is a big deal. If, if I'm an individual employee and you're working with my company, let's say my, my company has 300 people, you're working with the business owner. Can I review my benefits with you or do you have a team? What does your team look like? Can I sit down with somebody if I have individual questions? That's a good question. Yeah, Dave, absolutely. Typically what we do is after the executives and the owners of the business figure out, you know what, this is the benefits package we're going to offer to our employees. This is what we can afford to contribute towards the cost of the plan. Then what we do is work with the human resources department and figure out a communication strategy, right? And we have some clients that may have multiple divisions in different states, or they may run a 24-7 shift operation. So it could be a combination of webinars, combination of in-person meetings, which obviously this year, this past year, the COVID situation was really challenging. It was probably the first time I did not do personally an in-person meeting with my clients in 17, 18 years, length of my career. So, but yeah, absolutely. And sometimes what we'll do, we'll get really granular with companies and we'll set up a sign-in sheet where Dave, you could sign up for a 15 minute time slot to sit with someone from our team walk you through your benefits, answer any of your questions one-on-one, walk through your and your family situation. We can help you pick a plan and pick a package that really suits you specifically. And I've had a lot of success with that. A lot of good feedback from employees, you know, when they can get their specific questions answered, because oftentimes in a group meeting, they're very hesitant to share you know, their yep. personal situation. And listen, I'm obviously I'm on the financial planning side, mostly for personal households or families. And one thing that I see that typically lacks is sitting down. And I mentioned this before reviewing the benefits every year, because it could be such an easy save on money and you can redirect that toward investments or you're completely missing something that could be scary. And you know, there's so many options. If I'm a normal person sitting down looking at all the just healthcare options or or it's like, it's extremely confusing. Let me take a step back. If I switching back to the business owner side, if I own a business and I have call it 250 employees and I want to meet with Mike, what does a first meeting look like with you? I know what it looks like in financial planning. I'm interested to hear what it means or what it looks like with you. Yeah, I would say Dave, it's, it's kind of like an interview. It's kind of like a two way interview and it's not really a long meeting. It's usually 30 minutes or so depending you know, it depends on the meeting goes, but I really encourage a prospective client to kind of quiz me and question me. Yep. What's your firm about? What's your process like? Who are some of your other clients that you work with? Where are you seeing success with them? Where have you seen challenges with them to kind of really interview me to figure out, you know what, is this the type of person that I can do business with? Is this firm the type of firm that I'm interested in, you know, hitching my wagon to, right? Yep. And then I think it goes both ways. So, you know, I ask a lot of probing questions about their organization, some of their challenges they may have, some of their goals. If they have a consultant they're working with, what do you really like about them? Must be something, right? Maybe there's not. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's one thing you really don't like about them? Understanding that is critical to really knowing, you know what, this is a good opportunity for both of us. You know, I think we can pick up a great client here. It can be a really win-win for the 
a prospective client because we can add some real value to them. And then if that works, great. We'll have a, uh, another meeting. If we decide, you know what, this doesn't really make sense for us, does it make sense for you? Then we, we part as friends and move on. When someone t- hears about, uh, hey, you'll laugh at this, the typical insurance salesperson, they think of like, the push, pushy person. And I, I've known Mike for a long time. I know that uh, he's not the pushy guy. And your process, I did not know that, that you were going to say that, is almost exactly like our first meeting in our process. Like, is it a good fit? It's an interview. One of the things that I've learned in our business and probably the same with yours, if you say you have a process or we're going to go through our process, you better actually have a process. So <laughs> sometimes you hear people say that and it's like, well, okay, I made it through the first meeting. I, what are we doing next? I like to lay it out there. And I know you guys do the same thing. And, and speaking of insurance sales people, I love that. I love saying that. The, <laughs> and you've been around long enough. Give me one time where someone has said to you, quote, you'll love this. We're all set. Mike, we're, we're all set. We're, we're good. I don't want to talk about insurance. And being on our side or your side, it's like, I know I can help you, but I, it's hard to prove that because I'm the person that's supposed to be quote, selling you something. Give, give me one example. If you can think of something off the top of your head where you knew you could help somebody, maybe you stayed in touch with them and then eventually it worked or it didn't work. Yeah, that, that's a funny one. Um, one, <laughs> one, there's, there's a few of them, but one comes to mind. This was several years ago, uh, met with a large, it was a food service company, one of the oldest, largest in the area, met with the, the CFO and the HR director, had a meeting, went in there, and it was a kind of a courtesy meeting, I think, that they gave me, and I asked them a lot of questions, and they kept answering me, oh, yeah, we do that. Oh, yeah, yeah we're all set. Oh, yeah, we do that. We've done that for years, and I thought to myself, I know you're not doing all these things. I know people who work here and tell me they're not happy with what you're doing, but obviously you can't, you know, disagree with them in the meeting. And, I, and so I said, all right, politely said, well, thank you. And great, great to meet you. And I thought to myself, that was the worst meeting I've ever been in. <laughs> and there's no way I'm going to be able to ever work with these guys with, with these folks here. So I waited a few years and I, I happened to know someone who was pretty high up in the company. I had lunch with him and talked to him. I said, I think you guys still have some really huge opportunities at your organization. He's like, well, you know what? I'll get you a meeting with the owner. I'm like, great. Met with the owner. He just, and the CFO who I met with several years ago was in the meeting. who was very, very uncomfortable and did not want to do anything that I was suggesting. The owner overruled him and said, no, I want Mike to do a thorough analysis with his team on their business insurance, on their benefits. Came back, put the analysis together, moved the group into a, uh, self-insured medical plan, did a custom pharmacy carve-out type situation, and we were able to save them around $700,000 first year on the <laughs> medical. It was crazy. And then on the, on the business insurance side, we put them in a custom high deductible type program that we customized for them with our risk management team. And it's worked out really, really well, developed into one of our best clients, long-term clients, great people. And long story short, I think we've saved them over $3 million on their insurance programs in the last five years. I don't think they were all set. Yeah. You know, I don't think they were all set. And, and what's as important, Dave, the savings is important, but what's as important is how do you create a sustainable program that you can give them data, actionable data, that they can do things with their employees, with their teams, and really sometimes make the insurance portion of their business a profit center rather than a huge cost center. 
which is usually for most companies, that's what an insurance program is. Yeah. I, I think when you say let's run a thorough analysis, most people are immediately are that, that's where I would check out. I, I don't have yeah. time for a thorough analysis, Mike. So <laughs> what is, what does that mean? So if I, if I'm a business owner, whatever, 500 employees, Sure. I want to meet with Mike. Mike comes in and says, I want to do a thorough analysis. And it, it makes me cringe to say that out loud, by the way, but what does yeah, that mean? No. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it sounds daunting, but honestly, the daunting part is on our side, right? So if we can get access to information, which may be nothing more than a couple pieces of paper signed by their execs to say, you know what, Mike, we give you authorization. You go talk to our insurance carriers. You go talk to other people we're working with you get all the information that you need. You may get, need some information from human resources or the CFO, some basic information that won't take them very long. But then we go back, you know, into our little lab, if you will, with our team, we tear everything apart. So we're doing the thorough analysis piece and really breaking things down to figure out, okay, where's the opportunity lie? And we may come back and say, guess what? You're in a great spot. Everything you're doing is perfect. Nothing we can improve. Hasn't happened yet, but it, it could happen, right? It could happen where someone's doing just a, a fantastic job. So really the heavy lift, if you will, Dave, is on our side, because to your point, HR people, CFOs, owners of businesses are so, so busy, especially right now with this pandemic and so much going on. They don't have time to spend hours and hours catering yeah. to our needs and what we need. You know, we, we really take the onus off of them and place it on our, our shoulders. That leads me to in the current environment and we're in, especially why I'll turn it the other way. Maybe this is a, I'm sticking up for the insurance people. What, why wouldn't everybody do that too labor intensive or. No, it's, it's people don't like to change. Right. And yep. in general, people don't like change to your point. They hear insurance. They think salesy. They think work on my part. I'm too busy. It's not that important. They can't really make a difference in what we're doing. Because we're already doing a good job. Nobody wants to say, you know what? Geez, maybe, maybe we're not with the best person or, or firm. Maybe we're not with the best insurance company. They don't want to say that because then they might have to change something, right? And it takes a little effort to change something. But if it's much, much better for you, it's much better for the employees at the end of the day, it can be well worth it. Interesting. So let, let me switch it back. And this is the last question I'll ask you, and then we'll wrap this up. Because I want to go back to the employee side of it. If I'm an employee, and I'm sitting down with Mike and his team, and I'm trying to choose, I'll, I'll just go with the big one, the, the healthcare option. Can you give me like one or two tips on just the general gist of what somebody should be looking for. And then I want to talk to you about like the, the catastrophic something, because a lot of our clients, by the way, they have done a good job saving, but what we pay for is insurance just in case something crazy happens. And like the, what's the maximum that, that somebody would have to pay for, they have a million dollar operation or whatever it might be. So sure. I, I, how, how does all, first of all, what does somebody look for? And then second, what are some like max out of pocket ideas that you have? It's a great question. I will tell you this, you know, I have a lot of clients that may offer plans that are super, super rich from a $15 copay type plan that we used to have years ago, many people all the way down to those catastrophic bronze level, high deductible health plans, right? With those super high deductibles, super high out of pocket maxes. Many employees are very scared of those catastrophic plans. 
But when I look at plans, the first thing I look at is what's worst case scenario. To your point, what happens if I had a million dollar claim? What's the most that I could spend for myself or my family? Because of the Affordable Care Act, they put these maxes on the plan. So for example, a single person that's in the most catastrophic high deductible health plan cannot spend more than $8,550 out of pocket. So if you spend $8,550, not including your contribution, right? That comes out of your check every week for the plan itself, you can't spend more than that. So the other $992,000 is, <laughs> is covered by the insurance company. For a family, Dave, it's $17,100. So when I look at this and I say, okay, what's my worst case? I'm not going to say that $17,000 isn't a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But I've been in that plan personally for almost 10 years, you know, you use your health savings account, which is really dovetails into what you do on the financial planning side. Yep. You put that money away pre-tax. And I know my worst case scenario, if everything goes wrong is 17,100 and what people don't understand too, right? The hospitals will make payment arrangements with you. You won't have to okay. come up with $17,000. You can say, geez, you know, I can only afford to, to give you $200 a month for the next five years and the hospital's going to say, okay, no problem. And there's no interest. Interesting. People won't realize that. Yeah. But I, I've tried it myself just to make sure it works with yeah. both hospital <laughs> systems in our, in our region and they will do that. So that takes some of the fear out of some of those high deductible health plans when you walk people through that and explain that to them. That's interesting. And that's a 2021 number, right? We're, we're early in 2021 when we're recording this. So yes, it is. Yes. Okay. The, those, right. those are new numbers. Those are new numbers. Uh, you know, it does change. We, they, they change on an annual basis. Yeah, the IRS sets those parameters, but the Department of Health. We should do a year-end quiz on to all of the listeners on IRS limits for every single thing that we've talked about throughout the year. I'll, I'll add that one to the list. <laughs> yeah, well, you can tell them you can go to Google. It's a pretty useful tool, and you can find most things. As long yeah, as that's right. A reputable site, right? Well, I just did a different podcast on it. There, there are things that and, and I'm, I'm one of them in your world, by the way, I don't even know what I don't know. So I just want to talk to somebody like you that I trust and that I know, and that I actually like for some reason about um, this stuff, so, because I know you'll tell me what to do. And that's why I want the listeners to know that they can meet with somebody from their insurance company typically. Right. So most companies will do that. And I know Mike and his team definitely do that. Is there anything, this is my favorite question that I should have asked you that I haven't the big question that I ask people, you know, why, why do you do what you do? Why do you, why do you get up every morning and, and do this? And, you know, I'd like to say, well, it's, it's because I, you know, I want to, I want to serve people and I do really enjoy it. Right? I enjoy my job. I enjoy working with my clients. I enjoy helping people in general. It's, it's fun. It's gratifying. I have a family, right? I have three children. I have a great wife. I, that's what drives me right? Every morning to get out and say, okay, how can I be the best that I'm going to be today? How can I save my clients as much as possible? How can I communicate as effectively as possible to my clients, employees? I mean, those things really, really get me going. So I guess that's the only thing I would say is, is the why, right? Well, why do you do this? Yeah, it's great. We always start with that, right? All right, Mike, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way? Is it TikTok, Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, if you want to TikTok my daughter, you can definitely reach me uh, via TikTok. But obviously, you know, I'm, I'm on obviously Facebook, LinkedIn, 
but really the easiest thing to do is just shoot me an email, you know, mmancuso, lollyinsurance.com. You can call me directly on my uh, office line, my cell phone, if Dave, you want to share those, those things, we could do yeah. that. But yeah, that's, that's very easy to contact. Yeah, we'll very throw that in the, uh, the, the show notes there. I can tell you, I've known Mike for a long time. He's, I'll stick up for you a little bit here, Mike. I don't want to give you too much. I, I don't need to make Mike's head any bigger, but, uh, <laughs> from what I have seen, any clients that we've worked together with, it, it's just, Mike's been extremely helpful, not, not pushy salesperson. That's why I kept saying that it's all process driven. It's very laid back, but it's also extremely helpful and he's knowledgeable. And one of the things that I've talked about in the past, Mike, on this podcast is you're probably going to be around for a while. You've been doing it for a long time, but you also have a long way to go before retirement. I don't want to say, unfortunately, you're, unfortunately, you're right, Dave. Yeah. I don't want to say you're too young of a guy, <laughs> but you got, you have a long way to go, which I think is important for clients that are working with us in this capacity is they know you're going to be around for a long time to be there to help them and walk them through this as, as they all grow and, and we grow with them. So I want to thank Mike for his time. I know he's a busy guy. We're going to stop it there need to get a hold of us for any reason, it's dpulsini at sixpointfp.com, or you can also find me on LinkedIn at David Pulsini and send us a message at any time. For now, make it a great day. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Mike. David Pulsini of Six Point Financial with Mike Mancuso. Thank you, gentlemen. Subscribe to David's podcast, Dear Rochester, Retire Well, to make sure you get the latest episodes. And of course, share. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.